Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a week 17 edition of the 4th and Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. I'm Jana. Uh, it looks like the Sherpa's running a little late today and should be joining us shortly. But in the meantime, I will be hanging out with you guys. Uh, we have a full slate of games this week. All coming to you just on Sunday because of the holidays, obviously. That's why our show is also bumped back a little bit. Uh, we figure, you know, we're going to give you up-to-the-minute fantasy advice. We're doing it the night before, the day before, depending where you're listening. Um, but we do, like I said, we have a full slate of games. There's still a lot that has to be decided. This is not like a lot of Week 17s that we've had the last couple of years where not a lot of guys are playing. Everything's pretty much decided at this point. It's just people are playing for stats or draft picks. But this week we still have half of the divisions need to be decided Almost all of the seeding needs to be decided as well, so we're still figuring out home field advantage, uh, who's even going to be the number one seed in the NFC. That's not even decided yet. And like I said, multiple divisions plus wild cards. So it's a pretty action-packed week as far as Week 17s go. I know some of you still have your fantasy playoffs. You're playing those crazy leagues where you're going right down to the wire. Uh, I'm personally not, not a huge fan of them because I don't like when – you know, you have a quarterback who then gets sat by his coach because he doesn't want to get him hurt or he only plays half a game and it screws you and your team. Uh, but for you brave souls, more power to you. Good luck. You are braver than I am. I know my my uh, my team's all finished up last week. Won two championships. I believe the Sherpa won one as well. So we're doing pretty good on our side of things. Santa was pretty good to us in the fantasy football world this week. I hope he was to you as well. Um, but let's just jump right in. We do have some injuries to take a look at for this week. Before I get to that, I want to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us. There are several ways to do it. If you have any questions, you need help with your lineup, you just want to say what's up, wish us happy holidays, whatever works for you, you can do that several ways. The easiest probably being calling us at 347-989-8088. That's 347 347- 989-8088. You can always tweet us at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. You can find us on email as well at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And our personal Twitter accounts, uh, Sherpa, you can be found at fantasy underscore Sherpa. I'm at JKIM16. And you can always find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at FantasyFootballSherba.com. And as the Sherpa and I always like to tell you, carrier pigeons, smoke signals, all that good stuff, semaphore, whatever works for you, we are happy to help you out. So like I said, we do have some injuries and a suspension to talk about this week. First off, um, obviously the Johnny Manziel experience is over. He was placed on IR just a few days ago with a hamstring injury. Luke Keekley hit him pretty hard, and his hamstring isn't playing real nice now. So he is done for the year. It looks like uh, we're going to be seeing some, possibly a new face to most of you, 
Connor Shaw is going to be starting at quarterback this week. No Brian Hoyer, no Johnny Manziel. It's going to be a, a tough game for you guys in Cleveland this week. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Alex Smith. He, it turns out, of course, of the Kansas City Chiefs, has a lacerated spleen. He's done definitely for this week, and it looks like throughout the remainder of the year, even through the playoffs, uh, that's something It's not going to require surgery, but he's going to just have to rest. Chase Daniel is going to be making the start there in Kansas City this week. We've got Jimmy Clausen replaced our boy, I say that tongue-in-cheek, Jay Cutler this week in Chicago. He has a concussion. He will not be playing this week, so the Jay Cutler experience is back on track. I'm sure you Chicago folks are all excited about that. In Arizona, Drew Stanton, we've been kind of back and forth on. Is he playing? Is he not? He had the sprained knee or high ankle sprain, depending who you ask. Turns out they found he actually had an infection, and he he will not be playing this week. And uh, he it looks like we're going to have Ryan Lindley starting. Last week was a tough one for them, and yeah, I don't know if it's going to get a lot better, but it looks like Drew Stanton is probably out for at least definitely this week, and possibly it looks like through the remainder of the playoffs. And so we also have one suspension, like I alluded to, in Cleveland, Josh Gordon, who we've had troubles with before. It looks like he's not going to get to even a sixth game this year. He's only going to be playing five for the Cleveland Browns. And that actually makes him, uh, instead of being a an unrestricted free agent, he's going to be a restricted free agent come the end of the year. So I wonder if that's possibly a strategic move, but they are saying that he violated team rules, and so he will not be playing in the finale for the team this week. So that's going to definitely have an impact on Cleveland, who is already having some struggles with losing multiple quarterbacks and just just an overall, I don't even know how to describe it better than just tough time out there in Cleveland. So that's going to bring us to the end of the injuries, and we're going to just start jumping right into games here. I know we do have uh, the Sherpa coming on in just a second. He had a couple of technical difficulties. It looks like the show doesn't really want to let him in, but we're going to get him in in just a minute. So, like I was saying, most fantasy teams are done this year, this week for the year. We definitely want to hear from you guys how your team did, if we were able to help you, um, what you're most looking forward to for your fantasy team come next year. So be sure to hit us up all over social media for that. And we, like I said, always want to hear from you guys. So let me see if we can get the Sherpa on here. And while I'm doing that, we uh, will start taking a look at this first game here. Uh, Like I said, we were talking about the Browns for a few minutes, and things just are not going great for them. (laughs) I think that's probably the understatement of the century for a team that looks so good or at least so much better than most people thought they were going to come, you know, at the start of the year. And even at the midway point, they were on track to potentially make the playoffs. Things have have really dropped off there. So we're going to start first in Cleveland. They're playing in Baltimore. Uh, We've got Connor Shaw playing quarterback for the Browns and not the world's best matchup. And we had the Sherpa here. He just dropped off. He'll be back in just a second. And – so, fantasy-wise, I think this is going to be kind of a bust for Cleveland. But Baltimore, I think, is going to have a field day. Hey, Sherpa, welcome to the show. 
How are you doing? Hey, Janice, sorry about the technical difficulties. It's all right. Blog Talk Radio doesn't always like to play nice with us, that's for sure. Well, we don't like to play <laughs> nice with them either when we switch our show time. Yeah, also true. We might have brought it on ourselves. <laughs> but um, so we were just, uh, I ran through some injuries, and we're looking to take a look at Cleveland at Baltimore. I think this is going to be a pretty lopsided game. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, Baltimore obviously has more at stake here, as you were just talking about Cleveland with the Josh Gordon mess and, you know, having to start Connor Shaw. I, I think Baltimore yeah. wins this one pretty easily. Uh, I'll say Baltimore 31, Cleveland 17. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I just, this is kind of a wasteland this week, fantasy-wise. I just, I don't see a lot of value for you or for anybody really at that at that point. But Connor Shaw, strictly a second quarterback option. This guy's been on a practice squad all year. I'm not totally comfortable putting my, especially if I'm playing in a fantasy championship, I don't want Connor Shaw at quarterback for me. Uh, I will start Isaiah Crowell, Andrew Hawkins, maybe more as a flex option. I'm Without Josh Gordon, this wide receiving court isn't, you know, that exciting from a fantasy perspective. Plus, you just don't know what you're getting out of Shaw. So I would say Andrew Hawkins and uh, tight end Jordan Cameron are flex options at best for me. I'm staying away from everyone else. I don't want to start the kicker or the defense. It's going to be a rough one in Cleveland. For Baltimore, I think they're going to rely mainly on the run game rather than the pass game. Cleveland's pass defense, not all that bad. For Baltimore, I would start running back Justin Forsett, who was very kind to his offensive line for the holidays. I'd start kicker Justin Tucker. I'd start the defense. Quarterback Joe Flacco, more of a second quarterback option for me this week, although, again, I would start him over Connor Shaw and pretty much, yeah, I would start pretty much any other quarterback this week over Connor Shaw. I'd start wide receivers Torrey Smith and Steve Smith, I think, are decent options. Not great, but decent. Tight end Owen Daniels is okay. And don't get cute and start somebody like running back Bernard Pierce because that's not going to pay off for you. (laughs) No, not this week. Um... I think probably the less said about this game, the better. So let's just keep rolling. Right. Well, the the funny thing is, of course, when you get down to this week, whether you're playing in you know, seasonal championship things or if you're in a daily league that you know, has games, I think the important thing here is to look at where are you know both of the teams situated or in are they in the playoff hunt or not, and you know, which teams don't have a lot to play for and I think the only two teams at this point that are definitely locked into spots are both in the AFC we've got New England's already sewed up home field advantage and I think Indianapolis is already locked into the number four seed so they'll be hosting a wild card game the you know they'll be hosting a game the wild card weekend but other than that you know I think anybody's pretty much fair game this weekend so yeah here's uh, the next game up is Chicago with Minnesota obviously neither one of these teams are in playoff contention or have anything to play for. So it be interesting to see, of course, Chicago tried to you know, bench Jay Cutler last week oh, with Jimmy Claus, and he got hurt. So they're back to Cutler now, I think. But either way, mm-hmm. you know, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't been great, but you know, he's probably been you know, arguably with Blake Bortles, the better of the rookie quarterback options this year. This game is in yeah. Minnesota. And, Therefore, I'll, I'll go with Minnesota to win this by a field goal. I'll say final score, Minnesota 27, Chicago 24. I actually agree with you again on this one. I think Minnesota's going to edge them out. 
could be by as much as a touchdown. I just think that the yo-yoing back and forth between quarterbacks with Cutler and then Clawson, and now you're stuck with with Cutler again. I just I think that's just a recipe for for trouble for Chicago. The offense didn't look real exciting and, and productive to begin with. I don't think this is going to help at all. Uh, playing in Minnesota is not the world's best matchup either. Weather-wise, it's a little tougher, but I think Minnesota's going to, I mean, I guess this would be a mini upset, but in reality, it doesn't really feel like one. I think they're going to edge this one out. Jay Cutler is strictly a second quarterback option for me. Even if he has rapport with receivers and, you know, he's run this offense most of the year, I just think that mentally we haven't seen a lot of mental strength and and leadership out of him. I think that the benching and now coming back is going to kind of screw with him. I'm not expecting a lot out of him. So I wouldn't put him in as your only quarterback. Matt Forte, I think, is a good option, as well as Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Obviously, don't start Brandon Marshall, who's not playing the rest of the year. Staying away from the rest of the wide receivers, as well as tight end Martellus Bennett. Not starting the defense, not starting kicker Jay Feely. I don't love the weather matchup. I don't think that uh, Chicago's defense is going to do much in the way of slowing down the Minnesota offense, even if it is a a little bit of a watered-down version. For Minnesota, I like running back Matt Asiata. He's probable with a foot injury, but that's probably Minnesota's best option for attacking Chicago's defense. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, not real high on him. He's sort of a middle or lower tier option. Wide receiver Greg Jennings, questionable with a hamstring. Jerry S. Wright, questionable the back injury. If either of those guys plays, they're they're decent flex options. Charles Johnson is a decent flex option. Kicker Blair Walsh is okay. Defense is okay. Stay away from tight ends Kyle Rudolph, who's questionable with an ankle injury, and Red Ellison and Chase Ford and anybody else who might happen to play tight end for Minnesota tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> I might play tight end for Minnesota. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think you and I are both eligible. <laughs> well, we probably, we probably do just a serviceable job catching passes. But uh, anyway, <laughs> why don't we leave that and uh, move on to the next game? Jacksonville at Houston. Houston's still in the playoff hunt, you know, albeit yeah. barely. But Jacksonville showing some signs of life. Blake Bortles, the other rookie quarterback, you know along with Teddy Bridgewater, who's doing okay. Well, I guess you have to throw Derek Carr in that you know, group, too. I really but, like what Derek Carr's done. Big Derek Carr. Yeah. Hard to, hard to get too much of a read on him with that really lousy supporting cast. But then again, Jacksonville and Minnesota don't exactly have the best supporting cast for their rookie quarterback either. But back to mm-hmm. this game, Jacksonville at Houston, just, you know, I really don't see – how, you know, just even looking at motivations, much less talent, that Jacksonville is able to hang with Houston in this game. Houston should be able to run it well. Even with Case Keenum as quarterback, they should be able to pass enough to keep Jacksonville's defense honest. I think it all adds up to a pretty easy win for Houston. I'll go with a final score of Houston 28, Jacksonville 17, and that's without even allowing for J.J. Watt possibly playing tight end. <laughs> yeah, I that. I think we may see see a little bit of that this week. Jacksonville just doesn't match up all that well against Houston. I think that's probably fair to say. Jacksonville doesn't match up all that well against pretty much anybody right now. Unfortunately, they're they're very much in rebuilding mode. It'd be nice to see Blake Bortles have some people to throw to as these receivers who are so young get better and hopefully he stops throwing so many INTs. But we'll see what next year brings. 
Um, I think this game is going to be pretty forgettable for Jacksonville. I think it's going to be a lot uh, in the way of Houston, both offensively and defensively. I think we'll see J.J. Watt playing both offense and defense this week. But fantasy-wise, Blake Bortles, strictly a second quarterback option, like he's been pretty much every week this year. Uh, I do think that the damage they're able to do will mainly come from the air, whatever offense they're going to muster. I don't like any of their running backs this week. Stay far away. I do, however, think Alan Hearns could be a good start for you, and Marquise Lee and Cecil Shorts both could be fine flex options. Don't like Mercedes Lewis. We haven't, I don't think, recommended starting him once this year. The trend continues. Stay away from the kicker and the defense as well. Sorry, Jacksonville. Yeah, just not your year, but we've been saying that pretty much for all five years we've been doing the show now, five seasons we've been doing the show. So yeah. one of these years that'll change around, but not not this year <laughs> for sure. So Someday. Houston, start running back Arian Foster. Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, questionable with a wrist injury. If he plays, definitely start him. Start the Titan, uh, Texans. I'm getting ahead of myself. Start the Texans <laughs> defense. Start wide receiver Andre Johnson. Kicker Randy Bullock, okay to start. Quarterback Case Keenum, I wouldn't start him. Don't get cute and try to start running back Alfred Blue. Tight end Derek Graham, questionable with an ankle injury. Don't start him, as we alluded to before. More likely to have a tight end impact for Houston from uh, J.J. Watt than we are from Derek Graham. I think so, unfortunately. So, moving right along, we've got the other AFC South game, Indianapolis at Tennessee, of course, you know, one of the one of the kind of neat things the NFL has done the last few seasons is that they've made all the the final week of the season games, division rivalry games, which I think makes it you know, either you get some stinkers like Chicago and Minnesota and you know, Jacksonville and at Houston, or you get some pretty decent games like Detroit at um Green Bay or Arizona mm-hmm. Seattle. This game, Indianapolis at Tennessee, unfortunately, falls into the stinker bucket, and not because yes. these teams both stink. Indianapolis is quite good, but as we alluded to before, they've already got the number four seed wrapped up in the AFC North. I mean, the um, in the AFC, that's not going to change, and therefore, you know, this is one of those teams you look at and you say they have nothing to gain by playing Andrew Luck for more than a few series, and uh, maybe. They let him go a little bit longer just to build him up a little bit again after that disaster against the Cowboys last week. But mm-hmm. in all likelihood, he won't be in there for more than a quarter or so. So it's kind of tough to recommend starting him. Nevertheless, Very I true. do think that they are quite superior to Tennessee. And even if they are playing their scrubs most of the game, still think Indianapolis wins this pretty easily. I'll go with a final score of Indianapolis 31, Tennessee 17. And who knows, maybe Trent Richardson finds the end zone a few times this weekend. It, I mean, it'd be nice. It's about time. Like you said, uh, Indy's a kind of a tough one to really put any of your eggs in this basket just because it's hard to know how long, how much, if at all, anybody's going to play. I would strongly suggest if you have other options for any of these guys, go with them because, like you said, they're one of the few teams that knows their destiny no matter what happens. That is what it is. So fantasy-wise, Probably, I would think you'd best just leave Andrew Luck on your bench, find another option, because you're not going to get the most out of him. I I don't really think starting Matt Hasselbeck is going to be a great call either. This is your fantasy championship, so just 
go with another quarterback, go in another direction. Uh, and then fantasy-wise, pretty much everyone else is at best a flex option. Daniel Herron is is an okay start, but again, how much is he going to play? Trent Richardson, better as a flex. T.Y. Hilton, I think, if he does play, may play a little bit longer just because he needs to get a few reps, but even that, I doubt he goes much into the second quarter. Same thing with Reggie Wayne, tight end Cody Fleener. I do like the defense <clears throat> and kicker Adam Vinatieri, but it's just kind of a crapshoot with Indy this week, so try to find options in other places uh, just so you have a little bit more stability there. For Tennessee, I like tight end Delaney Walker. Charlie Whitehurst or Zach Mettenberger, you know, who's questionable with a shoulder injury, whichever of those two starts, I think is a decent quarterback option this week just because, I, again, I think that Indy will probably have their scrubs in for a good part of the game, even though I think they'll win it pretty easily. Running back Bishop Sankey, okay. Wide receivers Kendall Wright, Derek Hagan, and Nate Washington, okay. Would not start running back Sean Green. Keep kicker Ryan Suck up on your bench and don't start the defense either. No, probably not best this week. Continuing on with the early games or the morning games, as Jenna likes to call them, we've got San Diego (laughs) at Kansas City. This one actually does have playoff implications. San Diego has the inside track for a playoff spot, you know, for the last playoff spot in the the AFC. Kansas City needs several dominoes to fall in order for them to make it in, but yeah, I, I actually think that you know this game is a toss-up since it is at Kansas City, and you know I, I think they should be able to pull this out, which will really make the AFC Wild Card race interesting. Then, but I'll go with a final score of Kansas City 24, San Diego 21, even in spite of uh, Chase Daniel being a quarterback instead of Alex Smith. Interesting. I <clears throat> I think that I think San Diego is still going to win this. Uh, it's, you know, going into Kansas City can be a tough matchup. Uh, Philip Rivers got the possibly herniated disc in his back. Things aren't great there, but I think they still can pull this out. Although I am a big Chase Daniel fan, uh, I think this is a good test for him this week. It'd be nice for him to kind of audition and see where he can maybe uh, look at possibly getting a starting job somewhere. I don't know if that'll actually happen, but I like the idea of it. Fantasy-wise, I think San Diego wins this by a touchdown. I think he can start Phillip Rivers, Eddie Royal, Malcolm Floyd, Antonio Gates, uh, but I would stay away from kicker Nick Novak and the defense. For Kansas City, I'd start running back Jamal Charles, assuming he's healthy enough to play. He's listed as questionable with a hamstring injury, but given that Kansas City's um, playoff fate lies in his hand, or at least in his feet, you know, I, I think he'll probably play. Defense is a good start. Quarterback Chase Daniel, I think he's a decent second quarterback option if you need one. Wide receiver Dwayne Bowe, questionable with shoulder injury. Albert Wilson has emerged last couple weeks as a good target, and chances are that he's had more reps with Chase Daniel this season than he has with Alex Smith, so look for him to continue his uh, recent hot streak. Tight end Travis Kelsey should be a good start for Cairo Santos, okay. Quarterback Alex Smith, as we alluded to earlier, out with a spleen injury. Tight end Anthony Fasano, questionable with a knee injury. Neither of those guys should be in your lineup this week. No, thank you. (laughs) All right. Moving right along here, we come to another game with uh, no playoff implications, unfortunately. 
and that would be the Jets at Miami. You know, the yeah. season started very promisingly for Miami, beating New England at home the first week of the season, but it's been just fits and starts all season. They never quite put a string together. They lost a couple of close games at the end, the one to Green Bay and one other that I'm forgetting now, but I know they lost a couple uh, games right at the end there. And you know, the, the Monday night game they had about a month ago was actually – you know, New York dominated on the ground. If you remember, they had, I think, over 200 yards rushing in the first half and somehow still managed to lose that game. This time, I don't think they're going to have as many rushing yards, but I still think it's a close game. But Miami wins it in the end. I'll say Miami 24, New York 21, and Ariva Derchi, Rex Ryan. Yep. Uh, supposedly, he's already cleaned out his office, so I think he is pretty much just planning to hang out in Miami once he gets fired. But, you know. Good for Rex, I guess. <laughs> Just finalize this TV deal somewhere. Go for I was really excited about Miami there. possibly making the playoffs, you know, uh, a couple of months ago, but that didn't quite work out. The Jets never really even sniffed at the playoffs. Even from week one, things didn't look good for them. So uh, that trend's probably going to continue this week. I think Miami wins this. I think uh, it'll be by touchdown. Fantasy-wise, Chino Smith is – Really, at best, a second quarterback option. More likely, better off not in your lineup at all. Running backs Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson are both okay starts, as well as wide receiver Eric Decker. The rest of the wide receiving core, I think, is best left uh, to your fantasy bench, as well as tight end Jeff Cumberland. Staying away from kicker Nick Folk and the defense, uh, this is pretty much the end of a very forgettable year for the Jets. Well, if you remember, they actually beat the Raiders in week one of the season in New England, oh, lost right. Miami. Right. So for that one brief week in Buffalo, beat Chicago at the, in overtime, I think, week one. So for one brief week, you know, New England was actually had the the basement in the AFC East all own, you know, all for themselves. That's and right. Of course, I forgot about the that. season turned around rather rapidly for all four of those teams, but uh, only you know, one of them is going to be in the playoffs. But uh, for Miami, I think quarterback Ryan Tannehill is going to have a field day against such a secondary start him. Star wide receiver Mike Wallace is probably with a back injury, and Jarvis Landry is completely healthy, but start him nonetheless. Start the defense, running back Lamar Miller, uh, flex option for me. And he's the Jets, one of the, the strengths of the Jets' defense is their run defense, so I wouldn't count on too much from Lamar Miller unless they get him involved in the passing game. Wide receiver Brian Hartline, decent flex option. Tight end Charles Clay, questionable with a hamstring injury. If he plays, he's a good tight end option. Kicker mm-hmm. Caleb Sturgis is good. Uh, stay away from tight end Deion Sims, even if Charles Clay is unable to play. Yeah, I, I, I like Charles Clay. I certainly would like to see him play this week, but Deion Sims I'm not a huge fan of. Well, Charles Clay had such a nice season last year, and people were thinking, oh, that was a breakout, and he was really going to put it all together again this year. But, of course, with the... You know, it didn't quite work that way. Yeah, you know, with the injuries and all this year, you know, he's been held back. But So now we get to Buffalo at New England. New England has absolutely nothing to play for. It's hard to recommend any of their players, but it's also hard for me to see them losing this game at home. Uh, you know that they're going to have a couple of weeks off, and I'm sure they don't want to 
and then treat it totally like an exhibition game. So I think they leave their starters in for at least a quarter, if not a half. I'll say New England wins this. In spite of that, I'll go with a final score, New England 27, Buffalo 21. Yeah, I think I think that we'll see the New England starters for the majority of the first half, if not the entire first half. Like you said, they have a bye. We've seen uh, teams like you know some of the old Colts teams where you take that week off and then you have a bye, and all of a sudden you haven't played in three weeks, and it doesn't always work out that great. So I think we're probably going to see more of their starters than we are Indies. Fantasy-wise, I think that Buffalo has a chance to pull this off. I think this is going to be won by three points, and I think it's going to be won in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know if I'm uh, really excited about the Jimmy Garofalo experience, but that's just me. So I'm going to take Buffalo by three. Fantasy-wise, I think Kyle Orton's better as a second quarterback option, although they will probably be playing from behind, and it's going to have to air the ball out a little bit. I think this is a good week to start Fred Jackson as well as Sammy Watkins. Robert Woods I like as a flex option. Like I said, I think they're going to have to throw the ball a good amount. Uh, tight end Scott Chandler, as much as I like him, it's not going to be a good matchup for you this week. Stay away from the defense and kicker Dan Carpenter. For New England, I and these recommendations are all based on on their starters playing a half, but I would start wide receiver Brandon LaFell, who's questionable with a shoulder injury. Tight end Rob Gronkowski, hopefully he doesn't bring any cats out on the field with him. Start the I defense. mean, you never know. You just you never don't know, know with Gronkowski. <laughs> no, you possible. don't. Uh, Tom Brady, probable with an ankle injury, but again, yeah, I just don't think he's going to rack up enough stats and a half to make him a no doubt about it starter this week, even though the running game is pretty banged up. Running back Shane Vereen, questionable with an ankle injury, but somebody's got to play running back for them this week, and he'll probably get the bulk of the action there. So I think he's a okay flex option. Wide receiver Julian Edelman, questionable with a side injury. Flex option, kicker Steven Goskowski, good. Stay away from running backs with Eric Blunt, who's questionable with a shoulder injury, and Jonas Gray, who's questionable with an ankle injury. Yeah, a lot of injuries going around. New England could certainly uh, use the extra time to heal up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm still not sold on them as a Super Bowl team. I just don't. I think they have enough of a running game to – I realize the defense and the passing game are good, but I just – even though they're having home field advantage, I think that's more due to the fact that they play in the AFC East than it is that they're a dominant team. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, if I had to pick a a team, I I would still pick – I still like – Denver more than than I like New England at this point, primarily because Denver has a running game. Yeah, I do too. I think Denver's a more balanced team. I think that uh, they just overall, I like their offense and what they're doing a little better than I do New England's, and just the total package works a little better for me. Uh, I think we are in the minority with that, though, from what it seems of late. Yeah, it it does mean yeah, that's Sorry, you guys heard it here first. When it all goes down that way, you'll know you know who's on the cutting edge of that. <laughs> That's right, and we'll hear Bill Belichick. Well, the one thing we won't be hearing him say is on to Cincinnati because the likelihood is yeah. well, they're certainly not going to be playing them in Cincinnati. But you know, we'll see if they end up playing them again this in the playoffs. That would be pretty humorous, but we'll see. <laughs> so, speaking of playoffs and two teams that will not be in them. 
We've got Philadelphia concluding what once looked like a very promising season before it got derailed with quarterback injuries and secondary issues. They're going to be traveling up the turnpike to visit the Giants, who blew a game against Jacksonville. You know, they pretty much epitomized their season. They've, you know, like last year, they're managing to make their record look pretty respectable with a mini winning streak at the end of the season. But you know, make no mistakes about it, this is still not a very good team. I think Philadelphia has a little bit more firepower than New York. I expect this to be a shootout, but in the end. I think Philadelphia will prevail by a touchdown. I'll go with a final score of Philadelphia 34, New York 28. I think Philly's going to win by four. I think it's going to be a closer game than on paper it should be. Um, although at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, Philly wins by even seven or ten points. It's just a weird up-and-down team. Uh, I'm not super into the Mark Sanchez run version of it. <clears throat> Some people, some people are. You know, you can pretty much plug any quarterback in, I guess. But fantasy-wise, uh, this these are two teams that don't like each other, that have some history. This is going to be uh, for sure a shootout. Neither defense is all that good. Phillies was okay, and they've been racked with some injuries. And New York's obviously had some struggles this year, to put it gently. <laughs> uh, fantasy-wise, Mark Sanchez is. What was that? <laughs> The offense is looking better lately. That's yes, plus. they are looking better lately. I will give. I don't them think that. they're going to get shut out like they were in Philadelphia earlier this season in the Sunday night game. No, I think it's going to be a much higher scoring game than that. Fantasy wise, though, Mark Sanchez still at best a second quarterback option for me. I do like Lashawn McCoy and Darren Sproles. Chris Polk could be a flex option more so in a deeper league, but he is the resident vulture on that team. I like Jeremy Macklin and Jordan Matthews, as well as tight end Zach Ertz, who got thrown to, like, a, he, he and Riley Cooper got thrown to a million times last week. Uh, for me, Cooper's uh, flex option at best. I just, I don't think it's a good matchup for him. I think Jordan Matthews is going to have a better day. Stay away from the defense. The Giants are going to score points on them, but I do like the matchup for kicker Cody Parkey. For New York, I would start quarterback Eli Manning and wide receiver Odell Beckham. Running back Andre Williams, questionable in the shoulder injury. Think he's okay as a flex. Wide receivers Ruben Randall and Preston Parker, decent flex. Options tight end Larry Donnell, eh, okay, is not not great, but you know, he still you know, is playable if you need him. Kicker Josh Brown is a good option this week. Do not start running back Rashad Jennings, who's questionable with an ankle injury, and definitely do not start the Giants' defense. Yeah, maybe not the best play. I think we have some better defensive options. Yes, and this is probably why well, I shouldn't say probably, but could very well be Jason Pierre-Paul's last game in a Giants uniform, but we'll see. Sure sounds if like anybody, it. If anybody throws stupid yeah. money at him, but we'll see. So next game up, another game that has absolutely no bearing on the playoffs this, this season, and that would be New Orleans at Tampa Bay. I still don't see how New Orleans – Managed to avoid winning that division this year, but there you have it. Yeah, That's, not good. You know, Rob Ryan saying their defense got complacent after last year. I don't buy that. You know, but I think Rob Ryan's just not good at being a defensive coordinator. But nobody asked me well, when they made that hire. <laughs> it's interesting. They they were much improved last year, but they've regressed in a major way this year. You know, losing Darius Bird early in the 
season didn't help. I mean, he's not Mm-mm. the whole defense there, but you know, they didn't play all that well the first four games of the season with him. But this game, New Orleans at Tampa Bay, I still think New Orleans is a better team by a significant amount. And I, I still think their defense is significantly better, although that's not saying much. New Orleans should no. win this by a couple of touchdowns if they keep their starters in the whole game. I'll go with a final score of New Orleans 35, Tampa Bay 21. I think New England starters will play the majority of this game just because – I'm sorry, New England, New Orleans starters, just because they need they need to end this season on some kind of positive note. They need to show that they're functional. They need to build on something going into next year and have some reason for fans to want to buy tickets to see them next year. Going into Tampa Bay probably is a cure for most of those things. So I'm going to go ahead and start people as though they are going to play this whole game, although – Something to consider when you're setting your lineup. Maybe you want to go more of a flex option. You want to go in another direction. But for what it's worth, uh, this is a pretty juicy matchup for the New the New Orleans offense. Start Drew Brees. Start Mark Ingram. Marquise Colston. Kenny Stills. Tight end Jimmy Graham. Even though he's dinged up, he's still going to get some points for you. Uh, go ahead and start the defense and kicker Shane Graham. Pretty much everybody and the water boy is okay here. For Tampa, I don't think they'll be able to run too much against New Orleans, but they should have a fairly significant amount of success passing the ball. They've got two good receivers, and I think they'll make Josh McCown look good, quarterback Josh McCown. So he's worth starting this weekend. I would start wide receivers Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. Running back Doug Martin, showing signs of life late in the season, more of a flex option for me. Running backs Charles Sims and Bobby Rainey, who's probable with a wrist injury. Keep those two on your bench. Keep tight end Brandon Myers on your bench. Do not start kicker Patrick Murray, and do not start the defense. All right. Another lost season. In <laughs> Pretty Buckdale. definitive, yeah. Hopefully there's a little bit of a bounce back for Tampa Bay next year. I, it's kind of sad seeing yeah. them so bad. With their history, it's probably a dead cap bounce. You know, other than winning the oh, Super likely. Bowl that one season about 12 years ago, they, it's uh, yeah. been pretty much downhill since then. But yeah. So... Moving right along here, we've got Dallas at Washington. Dallas still has the what I would call an outside shot at winning the NFC you know, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They, of course, they would need Seattle to lose to Arizona tomorrow, which given Arizona's lack of offense, I, I don't see that happening. But since Dallas is going to be playing an early game, it would still behoove them to win and keep the pressure on Seattle. Washington yep. showed signs of life against Philadelphia last week, and I think they're going to keep this game close, but Dallas should pull it out. I'll go with the final score of Dallas 28, Washington 27. Um, I like Dallas by three, maybe four points. Uh, this it doesn't matter how bad Washington is. They're always going to play the Cowboys tough. They just hate each other so much. Um, I'd almost rather Dallas <clears throat> didn't get home field advantage just because it playing in Arlington really is not a home field advantage for them. Uh, they've been a better road team this year. and Might as well stick with that. I think they're going to continue the trend, stay undefeated on the road for the season. They're going to beat Washington this week, and you're going to see the Cowboys starters throughout this whole game. Uh, because, like you said, Seattle plays they're the late game, so they need to do their part and win and then see what happens in the, after- the afternoon, the evening, late games, whatever you want to call them. But 
Start Tony Romo, start to Marco Murray. I'm not super worried about his broken hand. I think his carries may be a little less, but you're still going to get a good chunk of yardage out of him. Uh, I do like Des Bryant and Terrence Williams as well. Tight end Jason Witten is going to be a really good start. Stay away from the defense. Stay away from kicker Dan Bailey. Uh, it's not going to be a ton of opportunities for him, and Washington's going to put up points on the Dallas defense. That's going to happen, so leave them on your bench. Do you think Cole Beasley's worth a start in a deeper league? Uh, yeah, in a deeper league, I like him better as a flex option, but, yeah, I my only concern is against Washington – Tony Romo is going to need kind of the guys he's got that history with. That's why you're going to get a big, bigger game out of Bryant and uh, Jason Witten. But I think Cole Beasley is going to be a factor, and I think that next season we may see a lot more of him. Well, certainly if they were to let Dez go, but I, I can't yeah. see them doing that. I, I don't, I mean, I don't think that'll happen. going to be a lot of hand-wringing there, but I'm sure they'll end up re-signing him. That I would be shocked mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen. For Washington, I would actually – Start quarterback Robert Griffin the third this week. He's questionable, listed as questionable with a shoulder injury, but he played with that last week against Philadelphia. Didn't have any touchdowns, but threw for over 200 yards and didn't uh, turn the ball over. So that was a good sign. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. he had one interception, but still, yeah, he's yes. seems like he's showing some signs of life there. Wide receivers Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson, who was a big target last week. I think they'll have big games against. Dallas is secondary. Alfred Morris, don't think he's going to find much running room, so flex option at best. Wide receiver Andre Roberts, flex option. Tight end Jordan Reed, flex. Kicker Kai Forbath, good to start. Defense, good. Stay away from running backs, Roy Hlu and Daryl Young, who had his once-a-year multi-touchdown game last week and is listed as probable with an ankle injury this week. Don't, don't start him. I think that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> you pretty much got all you're going to get out of him last week. Yes. So moving right along to the late games or the afternoon games, as Jana likes to call them, <laughs> I, I just I can't believe that the season has come down to a team that's you know, six, eight, and one playing a team that's six and nine for the right to host a playoff game. But yet here we are. Here Carolina we are. At, at, at Atlanta, winner takes all, if, if you can call it all. You know, mm-hmm. winners should be destined for a first-round exit, but, of course, everybody points to the example of Seattle winning the division yep. with uh, Charlie Whitehurst a couple of years ago and being 7-9 and nine and somehow managing to bounce the Saints in the first round. But I don't see a Marshawn Lynch on either of these teams. Jonathan Stewart has actually done pretty well last few weeks. D'Angelo Williams. Not much of a factor this season, but uh, Jonathan Stewart taking advantage of his opportunities. Atlanta's at home, but there's just no way I can pick a defense that is as bad as, as theirs to win a game. I think Carolina will be able to do whatever it wants to offensively, and I think they end up winning this game by touchdown. I'll go with the final score. Carolina 31, Atlanta 24. I think that Atlanta's going to pull us out. I think it's going to be 31-30. It's going to be a wild game. I just I don't think either of these teams really should be going to the playoffs, like you said, but someone's going to. Someone's going to be hosting a game, and that is going to be interesting. <laughs> well, Even I complain with, about it, but I still think you, know, you have to have the division winners going. I, yeah, I, don't, I mean, like I don't, this I don't, idea. I don't necessarily think that the changing the, the format is something record. that's realistic or something we should be doing. I think that's kind of a silly conversation, but um, 
yeah, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> we'll figure it out eventually, I'm sure. And this this only comes up when we have situations like this. It doesn't seem to come up as much, you know, when we have too many teams with 10 wins and they can't all get into the playoffs. But uh, I'm sure there are going to be some, you know, some cranky teams that have 9-10 wins that are looking at uh, either Carolina or Atlanta and wondering, like, how on earth is this happening? And, you know, that's okay. That's justifiable. But fantasy-wise, I think that Carolina just, for me, I I don't know. I think I might feel better about it with Tarek Anderson playing quarterback than Cam Newton right now. But, you know, that's where we're at. I think fantasy-wise, you start Cam Newton, start Jonathan Stewart. Like you said, he's had a better couple of weeks. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin's going to be a good start as well as Jericho Cotri. They're going to have to pretty much be able to fire on all facets here for this offense. So you got to have the run game going and the pass game if you're going to beat Atlanta because they're going to put points up on the board. Tight end Greg Olson, I think, could be a flex option for you this week. I don't know if I would start him as one of my top tight ends, but I think you're going to get more points out of him than some of the lower-end receivers or running backs, so I would go ahead and use him that way. Start kicker Graham Gano, but stay away from the defense. For Atlanta, I... Steven Jackson has shown signs of life last few weeks, but he's questionable with a quad injury. I read something yesterday where he's unlikely to play, which would leave the running back duties in the hands of, you know, Jacquez Rogers and Devonta Freeman. Don't have a lot of confidence in either of those. Therefore, I think if Atlanta's going to win this game, that Matt Ryan's going to have to throw for even more yards than usual, i.e. 400. So mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, he's going to come out, you know, all guns blazing and, I think he's a really good start this week. Uh, wide receiver Julio Jones, questionable with a hip injury. I'm not so keen on him. More of a flex option for me. I would start wide receivers Roddy White and Harry Douglas. The aforementioned running backs Jack Quiz Rogers and Devonta Freeman. More flex options if you must. Hopefully they get involved in the passing game. Kicker Matt Bryan is a good start. Stay away from running back Stephen Jackson. Tight end Levine Tololo and most certainly stay away from Atlanta's defense. Yeah, not this is not a game to find defenses in. <laughs> That's no. for sure. <laughs> no. So next game up is an intriguing matchup. We've got Detroit at Green Bay. And yeah. much as I'd like to see Detroit win this game, I just can't really pick them. You know, they've neither team here is going to be able to do much with the run, so it's going to come down to who's a whose passing attack is is better on this day, and I just think Aaron Rodgers, as much as I would like to see Matthew Stafford break through and win this, I just don't see it. Aaron Rodgers at home with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, I, I think Green Bay will win this in a close game. Don't think it's as high scoring as this game would have been in past seasons where Detroit didn't have a defense, but I'll go with a final score here of Green Bay 24 and Detroit 21. I think it's going to be a little higher scoring than that. I think Green Bay needs to get back on track, um, and I think Detroit will do a little bit more as well, but I, I think Green Bay comes out on top. I think they're going to do it by a touchdown. Like you said, they're playing at home. This offense is, is pretty tough to slow down, even with that Detroit defense. Fantasy-wise for Detroit, uh, as you know, like you said, the run game is going to have a tougher time here for Detroit. But I still think Matt Stafford is more. I'd be more comfortable with him as a second quarterback option this week. 
it's not so much that he's not going to have a lot of opportunities because he will. It's that I'm concerned about what he's going to do with the opportunities. Uh, I can see a few picks in his future this week, possibly. I don't, I don't love the matchup as much as some other ones we've had uh, previously on the show. So for him, I like him better as a second quarterback option. I'm going to still start Joy Bell, Reggie Bush, more of a flex option for me. Um, but there still are going to be some points to be had there. Start Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate, but stay away from the tight ends, stay away from the defense, stay away from kicker Matt Prater. I think this is still going to be a Green Bay win, but you're going to get some something out of Detroit, certainly more than you will out of, you know, say say Jacksonville this week. Right, or, or yeah. Cleveland. But, yeah. So for Green Bay, I would start quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He's probably with a calf injury. Start his two favorite targets, wide receivers Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. Start the defense. Running back Eddie Lacy, that's a pretty tough front four for Detroit. I would not start him as a running back, but maybe as a flex option. Kicker Mason Crosby, okay to start. Wide receiver Devontae Adams, keep him on the bench and keep tight ends uh, Richard Rodgers and Richard Rodgers and Andrew Corliss on the bench as well. (laughs) And let's combine the two tight ends names into (laughs) one there. (laughs) So you just be, don't want to start either of them so much or not giving them individual identities anymore. <laughs> right. They just all blend into one. So now we've got St. Louis at Seattle. I think I said earlier that Arizona was playing Seattle, but that's not the case. It's St. Louis. Just doing whatever you want here with the, the schedule. Yeah, Arizona is in San Francisco. <laughs> St. Louis is at Seattle. So <laughs> this game, hard for me to see St. Louis mustering enough offense to win this. You know, it's just uh, I can't see it. I, I would love to see Kenny Britt run, you know, have a big day, and see Sean Hill throw multiple touchdown passes to him, and see uh, you know, Jared Cook have a big day. But uh, just Seattle's defense, I, I don't like the team, but it's hard to deny that they've really you know, gotten their groove yeah. back, especially on defense the last few weeks. And they should win this game pretty easily. I'll go with a final score of Seattle 28, St. Louis 17. Yeah, I, I don't really have much of an argument for that. Um, St. Louis, you had a nice run. You were kind of a little Cinderella story for a while, but it's just it, there's just not enough there to overcome Seattle this week. And like we said, Seattle is playing for home field advantage, so they have something to play for. Uh, you'll see most of their starters most of the day. Uh, Sean Hill is going to be more of a second quarterback option for St. Louis. I'll start Trey Mason. Kenny Britt's more of a flex option for me, but you can start tight end Jared Cook. Stay away from the defense. Stay away from Greg the Leg, the rest of the receivers. It's not the best matchup for St. Louis. For Seattle, they should rely heavily on running back Marshawn Lynch, just as they have all season, as long as his back holds up. He's a really good start this week. Start the defense. Quarterback Russell Wilson, eh, not so keen on him, but he should be able to rack up some rushing yards. So, you know, I'd say start him as a second quarterback, second-tier quarterback. Wide receiver Doug Baldwin, pretty much the only healthy receiver with skills left for Seattle. He's okay. Kicker Stephen Hauschka is okay. Stay away from wide receiver Jermaine Curse, who's out with a hamstring injury, and Paul Richardson, who's not out, but shouldn't have much of an impact. Stay away from tight end Luke Wilson and Tony Moyaki. All right, let's keep trucking. Three more games, a couple more minutes. We got this. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, 
The first of those three games not likely to be very competitive. We've got Oakland traveling to Denver, and you know what can you say about this game? One of the better teams in the league, even though they've struggled recently in Denver against one of the worst teams in the league in Oakland, and I just don't think anything changes here, especially with Denver. Yeah, yeah I just. Peyton Manning has a little bit to prove after some several down weeks. I don't think he wants to go into the playoffs on a low note, and you know, yeah. I, I think they'll take this fairly easily. I'll go with the final score of Denver 31, Oakland 7. Ooh, I think Oakland puts up a little more fight. I think Denver wins by two touchdowns, but Oakland can at least break into double digits. Uh, I like Derek Carr a lot, but really he's at best a second quarterback option for you this week. Obviously the points are not going to be there. They're playing in Denver. Uh, the matchup is just, it's a tough one. James Jones and Andre Holmes, I'll go ahead and start, as well as tight end Michael Rivera, because the Oakland run game is not going to do anything against Denver. Uh, you Just stay away from their running backs. Go ahead and start their wide receivers. Stay away from the defense. Stay away from kicker Sebastian Janikowski. Let's see if we can get Oakland a couple more players next year and see if they're a little bit more relevant. So for... Denver, oh, speaking of Oakland, he doesn't play for them anymore, but we forgot to touch on Rolando McLean when we were talking about Dallas before, talking about a guy who's had a bad week and his yeah. house burned down and he's sick. So, you know, that's, you know, Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, taint, I thought I was having a tough week, but jeez. Yeah, I think the taint of Oakland must follow you around even after you leave that team. But I think so. I mean, that's, so, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, and a very logical one, too, I might add. So So for Denver, I would start quarterback Peyton Manning, who's probable with a thigh injury, but probably has something to prove. Running back C.J. Anderson listed as probable with an ankle injury. Start him. Wide receiver Demarius Thomas listed as probable with an ankle injury. Still worth starting. Kicker Connor Barth is good. Defense should be started. Emmanuel Sanders, questionable with a hip injury, more of a flex option if you need him. Tight end Julius Thomas, probable with an ankle injury. He's okay to start. Running back Ronnie Hillman is listed as probable for this week, but I can't really see him stealing too many carries away from C.J. Anderson, so don't start him. Stay away from wide receivers Wes Walker and Andre Caldwell. Yeah, I, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Wes Welker, if he can rebound next year. I know he wants to keep playing. Uh, there's some some talk of his concussion issues, but I just I don't want to see his career end like this. So hopefully well, he can kind of figure it out. It could still end with a Super Bowl victory, but I, I just – Yeah, that wouldn't be terrible. I, I just think he would like it to be a little different. <laughs> yeah, I just – I can't see Denver wanting to be on the hook for his salary given the – Mm-hmm. relatively meager production he gave them this yeah. year, and whether yeah. it's due to concussions or just slowing down with age or whatever it is, I just, I'll be surprised if he's back next year, but I'm sure someone like Oakland would be fine calling him up, though, so maybe he he'll uh, meet Derek Carr this week, see if they hit it off. <laughs> yeah, that could be, but I mean, let's talk yeah, about Peyton Manning retiring just because he threw four interceptions in a you know, Monday night game, that's ridiculous, just if he isn't back next year, I would be shocked. Yeah, if you have a yeah, bad day at the office, you think people are coming to your cubicle asking if you're going to retire? Like, no, let him have a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Let the guy breathe. Well, he's had several non peyton like days the last few weeks. I think three of his last four games have not been 
up to his usual standards. And, of course, after he broke all the records last year, people were expecting he would just throw for 5,000 yards, no problem this year. But, yeah, their offense is different. And, fortunately for them, they have a little bit more of a running attack. And I think the funny thing is it will probably give them a better chance of winning the Super Bowl if they're fortunate enough to get that far. But, of course, they'll have to go through New England and, at least one other team to and one other team to do that. So we'll see how that yeah. all plays out. Yeah, we'll then. see. But, It'll be a fun ride. Yeah. So now Arizona at San Francisco. Arizona still has an outside chance at home field, but you know when you're starting Ryan Lindley as your quarterback in in week 17 you know, with a playoff, you know, with home field advantage on the line, I just don't see it. San Francisco, disappointing season. Jim Harbaugh in all likelihood out the door, but I think they pull it together one last time and go out on a winning note. I'll say San Francisco 24, Arizona 10, and that's more an indictment of Arizona's defense, more an indictment of Arizona's offense than it is anything about San Francisco's offense or defense. I'm going to go 24, uh, maybe 18. I think Arizona's got a little bit more in the tank than I think you think so. Um, But getting the San Francisco defense is not necessarily the world's best matchup for Ryan Lindley in San Francisco. I don't think Arizona's going to be seeing home field advantage. Uh, Like you said, this is kind of going to be almost a forgettable game for both teams because really nobody's getting anything out of this. But I guess we're going to see what Ryan Lindley's got because he may be the guy going into the playoffs. So we'll see. Best as a second quarterback option for you this week. Like we said, not the best matchup. You're not really sure. It's kind of an unknown quantity. I will start Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd. I think that they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to be down most of the game. Their run game is the matchup against San Francisco is terrible. I think their the run is just going to be a forgettable day this week. So Ryan Lindley is going to have to throw the ball. Those are your two guys. Stay away from tight end John Carlson. Absolutely start the defense and kicker Chandler Cantanzaro. Uh, I think this is, even though San Francisco is going to win, it's still going to be fairly low scoring. The Arizona defense isn't bad. And compared to some of your other matchups, I think this is going to be a better one than most. For San Francisco, I would start quarterback. I almost call him calling back. <laughs> quarterback Colin Good thing we only have one game left because we are, we are the, just speaking is not our forte anymore. <laughs> It's not even that sporte, but so for San Francisco, quarterback Colin Kepernick, start him, start wide receivers Michael Crabtree and Anquan Bolden, start the defense, running back Frank Gore, okay, tight end Vernon Davis has been a big fantasy disappointment this year, more of yeah. a, I know hardly any leagues start two tight ends, but yeah, I'm, he's barely startable for me, kicker Phil Dawson, okay, don't start running back Carlos Hyde, and don't start running back, and don't start wide receiver Stevie Johnson. All right, Sunday night game. This one does have Sunday some night game. No Monday night game this week. <laughs> so this is our last game nope. of the season to get right. Yeah. And Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Winner gets the AFC North division, and mm-hmm. I think the number two seed, if I'm not mistaken. And I think so. The loser is locked into the fifth seed, I believe. So. Gosh, hard to pick against Cincinnati at home, but I'm just not mm-hmm. impressed. Both these teams have been on roller coaster rides this year, but I think Pittsburgh's offense just has a little bit more balance than Cincinnati's does. Not not trusting your friend the Ginger Ninja there. I'm going to go with Sorry. the final score. 
Pittsburgh 34, Cincinnati 24. I, I have the same score. I think Pittsburgh is going to win this pretty handily. The Ginger Ninja has been having a tough year. I think that will continue this week. Um, but he's going to get some support. Start him as your second quarterback option. Do, however, start Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. Start A.J. Green and Mohamed Sanu. Stay away from tight end Jermaine Gresham. But I will start kicker Mike Nugent. Not starting the defense against this Pittsburgh offense. We've seen them put up some crazy numbers. Okay. For Pittsburgh, I would start quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, start running back Le'Veon Bell, start wide receiver Antonio Brown. The other wide receivers, you know, Marcus Wheaton is more of a flex option for me. And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and say Martavis Bryant is a flex option too. Tight end Heath Miller is okay. Um, kicker Sean Sweetson is a good start and even the defense is okay but uh and I think I said Cincinnati I mean Pittsburgh at Cincinnati but they already played at Cincinnati so it's Cincinnati yep. at Pittsburgh but I still think <laughs> that uh the outcome of the game is as I stated I think Pittsburgh winning pretty easily and on that note on that note that brings us to the end of our season season five for the fourth and inches show we'll be back next uh summer for season six and, of course, all of your sports talk throughout the offseason. Feel free to find us at the number 4THN Inches Show on Twitter, as well as Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM uh, for our personal Twitter accounts. And you can always email us. Find us at FantasyFootballSherpa.com all week, all year. We're around. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and see you back next season. Good luck, everyone, and thanks again for listening. And uh, thanks, Jan, as always, for co-hosting the show. And you as well. And a lot of fun for all five seasons, and hopefully we'll get a chance to come back and do it again next year. Yeah, good luck to all of you still playing. Since our leagues are done, I will not even say unless you're playing me. So good luck to everyone still out there. Uh, hopefully you all win your championships. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.